0: Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Classic Gaming Brothers, the Indie Dev Lounge Edition. I'm Seb. And I'm Zach. I'm Kathy.
1: I'm Susan.
0: That's when you, that's your cue Zach to go, hey, "Hey." you're off on the game today. (laughs) Yeah, it just uh, killing me. Know, it happens so for everyone who's listening the indie dev lounge episode is our episodes where we bring on indie developers and they, we talk about the games that they have indie developed so today we have uh kathy and susan on with us who are the game that you guys worked on is the day we fought space do you have what's the development company uh, tercy apps truncata studios and that's great i don't know if i could even say that <laughs> I, I knew that that
2: name comes from it's a bottlenose dolphin yeah yes. yes yes exactly yes yeah,
0: yeah. jeez i didn't do my homework
2: <laughs> well it helps that their logo is a bottlenose dolphin a little um hint.
3: but <laughs>
0: <laughs> i'm notoriously bad at pronouncing everything it's part of the charm of the podcast i would say this is kind of like an s rank pronunciation challenge yeah to begin yes with, so Uh, So we brought uh, Kathy and Susan on because they developed a game called uh, The Day We Fought Space, and it's recently been released, which is exciting, which I'm sure you both are very excited that it is out into the aether, or perhaps you're more excited or more anxious (laughs) now that it's actually out there.
1: (laughs) Maybe a little both. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Mostly excited.
3: Definitely more excited, more excited. Anxious was like the three days before, like. <laughs> what can <could> go wrong? <laughs> Something might go wrong in these last three days. I don't know
1: what. Yeah, of course.
0: Did you guys have a launch party? Yeah. Or your own launch party? A little yeah. one. On Discord. We had
1: yeah, yeah. That's fun. Nice. We're kind of um all over the United States, so yeah. you know, couldn't get together in person.
2: So we saw the day we fought space at PAX East, yeah. which is um where both Seth and I got to experience the game for the first time. And I know we both enjoyed it. I think Seth had more time on it than I did because I think my ship blew up instantly. Because <laughs> I'm better at playing games. As it does. But uh, for our listeners, do you think you guys can uh, introduce yourselves and your company and also just give us
3: uh, a little pitch on uh, The Day We Fought Space? So The Day We Fought Space is a wreck-em-up. Uh, it's a scrolling shooting shooting game, but there's physics under the hood. So it's not just about, poof, something's gone. It's about knocking enemies into each other, getting them to drop their cargo on things below them, getting ridiculous physics-based weapons like wrecking balls to smash things in half, get fluid weapons to literally splash damage onto other things. It's a very hands-on game, so we have kind of a unique one-of-a-kind touch interface uh, that lets you not just aim your shots and steer your ship separate, but actually adjust the spread and focus of your fire.
0: Yeah, I thought it was a a really cool take on the classic shoot 'em up genre. Mm-hmm. It's a really, really uh, unique take. I actually think that I um I was uh, initially drawn because uh, I saw screenshots earlier before PAX of the yeah. game, and I was initially drawn by the the artwork, which was done by Susan. But I think it was the gameplay that really got me to like stick around. So like I didn't know what to expect when I came to your booth, but I knew I was going to see it when I was at PAX and. And I was impressed and that's thank not something you. that I um. if I wasn't impressed I wouldn't I would still have you guys on but I wouldn't tell you I was impressed <laughs>
1: <laughs> well that's really appreciated thank you
2: thank you if anything sets on us, uh, <laughs> that's good. To us that's very good. so what kind of gave you the idea to do uh the day we
3: fought space I mean there's a few big ideas going on here You know, it started, like, the very first prototype started, I was playing some arcade ports on the iPad of some, like, uh, bullet hell games. And Mm -hmm. I just know, like, I like the concept of, like, I love Jamestown, but a lot of the challenge of that is kind of the disconnect between your fingers and what's going on on the screen. It's harder to dodge, to kind of weave your ship through a maze of bullets when you're kind of one level removed with a joystick. Mm -hmm. But if you got your finger right on the screen, it's just as simple like you feel like a master pilot just weaving in and out of whatever because it's you've already got those neurons in your brain then to expand on that once you once we have one finger on there the thought is well what can we do if we have two full hands and that kind of our very first prototype came from from that stuff Um, As far as kind of the aesthetic of the game, that was kind of something Susan and I brainstormed. You know, we started out kind of like the pulp sci-fi movie stuff and that morphed Mm -hmm. into a comic aesthetic that was... It just turned out to be such a good fit for the game because it Mm -hmm. was like hands-on and, you know, Susan really got the like... Make it feel like you're playing through a comic. Yeah, I do like the kind of blend of
2: the touch controls that you'd get with something like a tablet or a phone with the bullet hell that you would get from maybe Ikaruga or like a Toho Project Mm -hmm. game or Jamestown. Right. Um, You know, that's kind of the vibe I was getting. And also I feel like the touch controls give you a bit more control that you wouldn't get in those games. Yeah, very Uh, precise mm controlling. Yeah, which I I really thought was uh, unique because when you were playing a game like Jamestown, you really can't control your your bullets. uh, You can get upgrades that will make your bullets do special things, but in this, there's so much more control of like the spread or, or different ways you can do that. Did that come out of a when you were playing these games like Jamestown on your phone? Did that come out of maybe like a frustration that it, with with just how uh, they are ported over to the
3: phone? Not so much frustration with the port, more more loving the port and thinking where yeah. beyond this could we take it? You know, Jamestown's a good example because there's that one ship. That has the one aimable cannon in it. I forget I forget the oh, name yes. of, yeah, all yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that one I was like, I see all the top runners using that ship. I could never get a hang of that. But maybe if I could just if I could just tap somewhere on the screen and be aiming there, that would be that would be great. Um, yeah. But it was like I think it was Patchy maximum that it was the specific game that I was like, oh, wow, I, I'm actually good at bullet hell when I can <laughs> control with the touch. So Because
0: yeah, it also yeah. takes out the input lag that you're going to have when you introduce a controller, right? So a lot of like shoot ups and stuff like that are on older hardware as well. So then you'll be emulating them. So if you want to play like 1942 or like one of those type styles of games on your phone and you wanted to play with a controller, you're adding so many different components that you're really going to lose control or precise control through just n- input lag and the uh, you know things just not matching up with things where if you're touching it directly and the game was built for the phone or for the for the particular tablet um I, you guys are on the iPad, iPhone and iPod touch so if it's built for those devices and you really The only thing that's really standing in the way of the control is the the haptic control with the touching of the screen itself and how fast the phone itself can respond to the touch, which these companies have been working on that for a long time now, and I'm it's pretty precise outside of the, yeah. the game that needs to be precise for other reasons. So I, I, I think that's, yeah, for sure. Definitely, I felt that while playing the game, there was uh, more control. I particularly really liked the unique weapons. So I'm, I'm when I oh. play games, I tend to really enjoy, I don't know, I feel like I just like doing things that are a little more off the off the beaten trail. So I'll tend to try and make combinations that wouldn't necessarily not even be optimized. Just be like, whatever, just put this with that. And and it's not going to work. It's going to be like Seth, you could do a lot better to make it more optimized and I'll be like, nope, <laughs> don't care. <laughs> just like, is whatever caused the most chaos is really my objective. <laughs> and so could you go over some of the like um, more, uh, I would say different or unique items that are available?
1: Well, we have a lot. <laughs> it's pretty great. <laughs> and um, I, I love the fact that you said that you kind of just experiment with different uh, weapon tri- types because that's very much what this game is about. I personally think the weird this one we have is the, we call it the Plasma Dangler. What is the real name, Kathy, of this? The Plasma Whip. The Plasma oh, Whip.
3: I love <laughs> the Plasma
1: Whip. <laughs> and it's not the easiest to begin with, but once you master it, it's really satisfying, but it is very weird. And it, it kind of just goes along with the tactile quality.
2: Right, right. Plasma nice. Whip reminded me so much of Super Castlevania Four. Uh-huh. Where, yeah. where Simon throws his whip. If you hold down the, the button, you right. just whip it around.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> It's such
2: a unique weapon for a shoot-em-up because you don't think, oh, I can
3: have a whip in a shoot 'em up game. Yeah, <laughs> you can. Anything is possible. Yes. When you stop, like when you leave reality behind.
0: Now, when I was playing, there was a difference between a ranged weapon and a melee weapon where if right. you have a ranged weapon, you are locked in a mm-hmm. certain space on the screen. And then if you have the melee weapon, you can just go nuts. And you're not a- allowed to have them both. Is that right?
3: You can, but it's like, you really get the most out of the melee weapons if you have the me- melee focused build. So that lets you do the whole screen. Like some of the, one of the, one of the weapons, like the orbital blades, that one you can get some good mileage out of staying on the left side of the screen and just catch any straggler enemies that make it all the way to the left. But and then there are a couple a couple upgrades you can do that put just a little like fixed cannon that you don't get to aim, but you get to use the full screen. So we try to get as many options. We will let you build a very bad ship and take it into battle. You can take the (laughs) engines off completely. It will it will yell at you like, hey buddy, (laughs) this isn't gonna go well for you. And you can tell it, do I look like I care? We wanted to make a game that was still fun even if you lost. So, yes. we want to encourage you to just play as many times over and over again, use the crazy weapons. You know, there is there's the leaderboard that actually rewards the people that have used the most variety of weapons to beat the most levels, the most variety of levels. So, who's got the
0: highest score?
3: I don't know right now. I haven't I had a pretty high ranking on the dev version, but that score it, That's on a separate, like kind of sandbox leaderboard. I haven't filled up the production leaderboard with those scores
0: yet do you feel like uh, I'm, I'm always interested to know like if the high score is a score that you guys thought would be achievable quickly would be achievable later or is it something that like because there's gonna be people out there that are gonna play the game and like right. try to break it do you feel like it's at the point right now in the the ecosystem where it's still like people are still trying to push the limits as it were
3: yeah they're still they're still trying to push the limits I haven't seen any score on the high scores that has shocked me uh, everything's been pretty much within the the parameters we saw in playtesting mm-hmm. so um i have yet to see like the seven digit scores i think it's going to top out around like the low six digits like you know two hundred thousand. but what are gamers if not able to just <laughs> shock and surprise the developers yeah. so like our one of our qa people managed to get scores on venus like on a harder version of venus than the one that we launched just oh. like yeah <laughs> three times as high as anything I had ever been able to get on the game, so... I know, yeah, I know there are people much better than I am that are out there waiting to just devour what we have. It, it's kind of like, you know, this, the master becoming the student. That it will be my proudest moment when I log in, I see his high score. I'm like,
0: there's there's no way. Now, the game is called The Day We Fought Space. Where did that come from? Like, where where was the ideation behind that?
3: That came from like kind of the, the corny B sci-fi movie era, you know, just something, something that you could see plastered on like a Silver Age comic or something like Plan Nine from Outer Space, something in that same vein of title, something that lets you know what you're in for and lets you know that we're not taking. You're not in like a gritty, realistic environment at all. You're just, yeah. You know, it's something that you know sparks a little mystery. How are? Why are we fighting space? Did space start it, or are we? Are we the <laughs> aggressors? What's what's what part of
0: space Uh, based on human history we're probably the aggressor (laughs) but (laughs) (laughs)
3: yeah In this case, I mean, we had to cut a lot of the backstory from launch. I'm hoping to sneak some more of it in. We'll get a couple more comic pages and get some character dialogue.
1: It's one of the cool little parts of the game is that it does have that tie-in comic. So episode one or book one page, couple pages are are in the first launch. But get some more.
0: We were talking about um, Sword Quest many years ago. And Sword Quest had a a comic series that was released, the Atari Sword Quest uh, series of games. Oh, okay, wow and they came out with a series of comics that launched with them so i'm always a fan of any video game that kind of aligns with like a comic especially like a physical comic or a physical manual i know on, on the apple store so it's right. not like it's it's a little logistically not hard to mail
3: things to people we've talked about doing like a tie-in comic kind of like maybe not like a 72 page full graphic novel but like a few vignettes get the comic that's yeah. in the game and then maybe get a couple. The stories that didn't make it because they were just very wordy and not conducive to being like a two sentence
0: debrief screen quote yeah and you build like a a world that way right at Mm -hmm. the end of the day like when if you develop a comic then you have the game tie-in and you can kind of extend the brand from there i love the idea i'd buy a comic for this i like the i like the motif and the awesome that kind of like uh, buck rogers or whatever kind of Mm -hmm. like uh styling
2: with that style you said that that kind of informs the name and also informs the art was there a reason you went for that specific art style this kind of uh poppy definitely you can tell drawn style versus something like, um, you know, 3D images or pixel art or something like that?
1: I come from a fine arts background, and that's part of it for sure. So my background is in um, printmaking and, and fine art mm-hmm. and drawing and graphic design, and wanted to be able to use those skills in a game and I've always loved comics um they've been a big part of my life forever and so tying all of that in and using that as a a way to make games that was slightly different in the 2d realm than pixel art you know there's so many pixel art shoot 'em ups out there wanted to do something a little different
2: I think the art style definitely I mean like Seth said it's what drew him to the game in the first place and then you know the gameplay is what kept him so i I like the art style a lot thank you not saying anything's wrong with pixel art, but not <laughs> no, going no. for no. pixel art, I think definitely makes the game stand out. Now, when, when it comes to the actual development of the game, what, what do you think was the most difficult aspect? Was it the actual programming of the game? Was
3: it the art? Was it, you know, developing this world? I, the hardest part was tying every piece together so getting it like production because i would have to you know if we we were working before we brought a producer on i was wearing that hat and i was wearing the promo hat and well, i still wear a lot of the promo hat but um just having to sometimes sit down in a week and think okay what's the most important thing to get done i have these assets susan sent me a year ago that are still not in the game for her to tell me if she likes how they look in the game or not i have a list of engine bugs from qa that need to be addressed i have these whole other features like the whole campaign mode came pretty late in development because really just because i had not planned properly to build every part of the game up evenly i kind of like okay we got the engine done finally after 340 years we got 18 months for everything else <laughs> so definitely kind of the organization the production it is such because programming it's you know once you've learned how to program so much of it's I, I mean some of the stuff was tricky with the physics but a lot of it it's just you go through the logic and you kind of know exactly what the steps are going to be it's just a matter of making all oh, you got your eyes and your T's dotted and crossed um <laughs> so it it is its own challenge, but then, yeah, just bringing it all together and getting a final game at the end that's that's the hardest part also for me, promoting the game has been a challenge. I'm kind of a person. I just assume no one wants me to bother them, which is the worst <laughs> mindset you should be in if you want to promote a game. <laughs> so it's so been, midwestern. It's been a, Right. The very
0: Midwestern polite. Uh, If they want to know about my game, they'll ask me. We've talked to a couple of indie devs in the past, and a lot of it is the kind of like from an outsider looking in, a lot of it's just kind of the overwhelming need for everything to be done by a very select few people. and it tends to be like if you don't do it it's not gonna get done or the person who's got other things on their plate needs to do it and the indie developers tend to wear a a lot of hats um, when it comes to production and I feel like sometimes that almost can be overlooked by the end consumer consumers don't necessarily see the background of how the game is being made and they don't understand the level of effort that went into it all they see is like a one guy development team made Stardew Valley and it's a you know they sold millions of copies right that's mm-hmm. at the end of the day that's all they see they're like oh one guy did that okay that's mm-hmm. believable like we <laughs> don't know how many hours or years yeah. dedicated to it yeah and and i don't think that people see that they just see the end product and they rate the product as what they see it as and if it's not perfect then it's possibly going to lead to <laughs> negative reviews which then ultimately can uh, rough up the game a little bit which is yeah i think but that's also i think just part of like the indie space
3: It's just part of the internet, the modern internet, where so (laughs) many things are driven. Like, visibility comes from algorithms, which come from, like... Mm -hmm how many, not just how many downloads you got, but how many daily active users and nobody knows Mm -hmm. exactly what's going on. So people are like, well, you better put some feature in the game that gives them a pile (laughs) of money if they log in every day and don't let them lose their streak because then you'll lose your ranking. But nobody actually even knows if that's how the app store works. Maybe that's how it worked in 2014. And they stopped doing that seven years ago. And (laughs) it's still in every, like, guidebook like this is how you win the app store like but that part is can be kind of discouraging sometimes (laughs) once you get into the part where it feels like you're just playing hustle culture and you're not being creators but you know we did our creative thing so we can do a little bit of that (laughs) and then we'll move on to the next game well
2: speaking of next game uh, how about previous games uh you, you guys have uh worked on two previous games right um i, I, I did my little bit of homework <laughs> i saw that uh, at least two were other ones were listed on the website two on the website one
3: that's not on the website because it's not available anywhere okay Ooh,
0: is it lost media
3: i have a copy of it on an old ipad that i keep around just so i can play my own game <laughs> <laughs> So, going backwards in time, Primrose, that was our first iOS game. And I should mention, like, the day we fought Space was kind of our transition from me as solo dev to us as development team. Okay. So, so Primrose was me. I ran it by, like, five friends as playtesters. And that, that was iOS. It's kind of a Sudoku-Yahtzee hybrid with flowers. I'm hoping to bring it back in some form, one way or another. I see every time I log in to check on, like... Like, Day we fought space. You know how many sales we're getting. I see it there, and it calls to me like, no. I mean, you made this game in like six <laughs> months. You could probably remake it in like three, right?
2: That's that's not that many months. Just like drop it secretly into Day we fought space,
3: so it's yeah. like <laughs> like it'll a be hidden a mini, bonus it'll game. Be a mini game. <laughs> in yeah. Day yeah. we fought space. <laughs> Prior to that, you've got a big app. Um, this takes us back to like the late '90s shareware era. You've got Unseen, soon to be. Re- renamed I can't see a damn thing because of trademark things <laughs> and that's a game where you're you don't have any visual cues at all um you're trying to navigate these old ruins full of treasure just by you know you step and you hit a wall and then you hear a bottomless pit and you know it's right next to you but you don't know what direction you find a door that you knock on it and it plays a chord so you need to find a switch that plays the same chord that kind of stuff and then before that a little puzzle game called drops a light which probably set the most unreasonable unreason- expectations for me because <laughs> that got like. Two hundred and fifty thousand downloads in its first two years. I'm like, oh man, I'm gonna be awesome at this. And then (laughs) that was like, yeah, that was that was not something to base expectations on for the future.
2: But. And as you mentioned, you, you've been in game design for a while. I mean, I mm-hmm. see that Drops of Light was, according to the, the page on your website, requires Windows 95 or later, which is... <laughs> yes. is that's,
0: that's right up our alley. That's like ideal
2: <laughs> for, for me. If I still had my, my Packard Bell 486 warning and upgrading <laughs> that to Windows 95, I'd be playing it. <laughs>
3: yeah. uh, so what, what got you into game development? um i had wanted to do this since childhood like i i have a notebook from rescued from my parents house that is a bunch of like crayon and marker drawings of levels for a video game that you know they're probably not very good levels but they were the levels i made and i was excited about them you know i've kind of wanted to do this ever since i saw a video game i was like oh someone made that i could i bet i could make that someday um, it's buried deep in my core. I can't point to one moment that made me want to be a video game developer. Uh, what about you, Susan?
1: So I've always been into video games starting with um, first time I got to try an Atari and uh, playing Centipede and and Space Invaders and when I first got my Nintendo system that was the most amazing Christmas present ever (laughs) and so I've been playing for a long time but it wasn't until I was in between my freshman and my sophomore year of college that I um, got together with this group of friends and they were going to make a video game and they invited me to join in on playing this video game, and or making this video game, and we got together, we had all of these ideas, and we were going to do it, and nothing happened. <laughs> we're, you know, 19 years old, it just other things started to become a little bit more important. So the idea was always there in the back of my head as something that I'd always wanted to do, but it didn't actually happen until Kathy and I got together to talk about creating The Day We Fought Space.
0: I feel like it's a lot easier for kids going to college now to get into game yes. design versus mm-hmm. when like I was going to college. Yeah, there was nothing. You could be a computer science major and learn how to do databases, <laughs> or that was it.
3: Like. The there were like even in the nineties there were communities that you could find online. So like Allegro, that oh, was the yeah, community yeah. I was in that had all the like that's how I learned how to actually code a game. So
0: Right, right. But with what like, formal education. Right, right. Mm-hmm. With, like, universities and stuff like that, I don't think, like, that's relatively newer with mm-hmm. having, like, dedicated design. Like, I have a friend who's just now graduating with their game design degree, they're, and then they're going to apply and go work for a game company. Like, and there's big enough game companies now where you can almost go and get into a silo role and just be like, okay, I'm a modeler and all I do is yeah. model. Yeah. Like, yes. That's, 100%, I, eight, mm-hmm. eight hours a day, 40 hours a week. I just play in like whatever modeling software is available. Now, we talked about past projects. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> now let's talk about future projects. And it's okay if you guys don't want to tell us any secrets. But uh, do you guys have any uh, roadmap for what's the the future? I'm sure there's going to be some support for um, The Day We Fought Space and then another project on the horizon.
3: We have one major update planned for The Day We Fought Space. Probably a couple minor updates before and after maybe even a second major update Um, but there's just right now the one that we're committed to there's a fourth level to the game that is very close to done just a few issues with you know like some of the bosses it is literally impossible to beat if you have the wrong (laughs) weapon equipped Just, just bits like that oh no that's hard mode <laughs> right uh-huh.
1: yeah you just get
3: there you get bad rng and you just soft lock and you watch the game for like an hour not i, I kind of love to... that though yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's like too that's... bad Yeah. <laughs> So we'll get that and we'll get a, you know, probably another 20 to 30 weapons with that update. Um, and then possibly like the other main thing we we're talking about bringing back, maybe I don't want to, I don't want to commit to this is mm-hmm. uh, bringing back an endless mode to the game. That's how like the original game was conceived as kind of like endless runner, but you're a spaceship. And that got phased out just because of what we had done with like, we had a lot of work on the early levels and not so much on the later levels. Levels and nothing okay. on the like algorithmically increasing difficulty, so we could possibly bring an endless mode back into the game, or also a zen mode where all you're doing is crushing ice and listening to the ice crush sound effects, mm, which is doing really literally satisfying. Literally nothing else. Yes. Oh yeah, <laughs> so. that sounds great. <laughs> um, so yeah, there is more support for this game on the horizon. At least that one big update. Uh, there's stuff like the yo-yo saw that didn't make it into launch. Mm. Like like weapons that I would be very sad if they never saw the light of day.
1: I definitely want to see uh, the radioactive space bees in some form. The
3: radioactive space bees. Yes, we promised that in the very first trailer, and that was not at launch. We will, we will be bringing back radioactive space bees. Awesome. Absolutely a hundred percent.
2: Those are two things I have a lot of fear over: <laughs> radioactivity and <in> bees. <laughs> yeah,
1: right. Like, Combining the two. <laughs> those are my nightmares right there.
3: And. <laughs> As for, as for future projects, um, right now we're kind of in a space, um, I need to do some self-education. Like, this game was not developed in Unity, and that's something like, if not Unity itself, something similar like Godot or, you know, games, something like that. Unity seems to be the leader as far as what everyone's recommending, what we can, yeah. you know, get the most support for. And, and it's just, we got, I've got... A bunch of half-fledged ideas in my head and we need to prototype them we need to find that overlap of like what's a game we can be excited about making that the world will also be excited about playing maybe maybe half of those ideas it's like okay we'll get to the end of scene one on a prototype and uh, like I'm not really excited about bringing this one its conclusion or everyone sees it and they're like what's the big deal it's just another rpg clone like i i don't get it so the game that is our next game might be an idea neither of us have even had yet that's exciting though yeah it is Mm
1: -hmm. it is is. it's really exciting
0: you brought up a good point that i actually had a question about when regards to your levels obviously i played a very short piece of it because i played it at pax how many levels are in the game and then on the website it talks about how the levels are procedurally generated because you also mentioned that there was an endless mode originally planned like how does that all work more simply uh, how many levels is in the game currently (laughs) okay (laughs) and how did the procedural generation come about
1: There's three levels. So uh, you start off with one. And um, as you play, uh, you have the ability to unlock the others, either by completing missions that Sylvie, who is one of the characters in the game, um, gives you. And the first level is Vesta, which is... Can you explain what Vesta is, Kathy? It's
3: an asteroid. It's a protoplanet. Yeah. Um, So there's like the mining. They're just blasting it apart for resources there on Vesta.
1: And then, of course, fourth one coming. Yeah. And then the game is procedurally generated.
3: So that just started because you know we had conceived it as endless so we didn't want it to be the same level from start to finish um a lot of the inspiration came kind of from like jetpack joyride from those those kind of things so it is you know there's all told maybe in each level each of the three levels there's probably about there's divided up into four to six stages depending on the level and then you've got within each stage you've kind of got this deck three decks of cards and it draws a card from each and then it shuffles it back to the bottom of the deck so there's a whole set of instructions like (laughs) okay once you draw from like so for an example how the very first level is constructed we've got kind of three actions we want you to master so we want you to learn how to dodge we want you to learn how to focus your fire and aim and we want you to learn how to spread your fire and hit a whole bunch of ships at once so those are the three decks you're pulling for You're, you're pulling from ships that make you dodge ships that make you focus your fire, ships that make you spread your fire. And it makes sure that you never draw from the same deck twice in a row. And Once you get into later levels, like Mars, uh, the second planet, you've got air and sky. So it kind of alternates high and then low, then high, then low. kind of keeps you focused. And the challenge there, because you've got the gravity, if you knock everything out right away in the sky, none of it crashes down onto the stuff on the ground. But if you're a little but patient, time your shot, and then once you get to Venus, everything's just chaos.
1: Yeah, so. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> as it should be. Venus is um, was the level that for the longest time, I just it was impossible. <laughs> For me to get anywhere with, because there was um, just so much on the screen, and there's these eye ships that um, are really creepy. They're kind of like a mixture between mecha and organic, and they shoot ink at you and other other substances. <laughs> and it's just kind of impossible to get beyond. But now I've. Now I'm starting to get it. But in regards to the fact that the game is procedurally generated, it is really much all about reacting to things like that. So in a lot of these games, for instance, like Tiny Wings, even though that's a, um, an endless runner, you, you kind of rehearse how you're going to move your little bird and you don't do that in in this you really have to kind of pay a little bit more attention to your surroundings
0: right now the game is available we we talked about this earlier the game's available for apple products so the ipad the iphone and the ipod touch is there any thought about bringing it to over to other platforms uh either the android operating system or switch or any of that type of uh extension
3: we've had a lot of requests for it I won't say never,
0: but I will say
3: not, like, we can't not commit today. to anything. <laughs> not today. Um, as I kind of alluded, this is all native code, so yeah. it's not as simple as right-click, save to Android. It's... Right right, right, right. It would be developing, you know, we could use the level data, we could use all of the artwork, but all the entire engine would need to start from square one. So I... All physics and... Yeah. It would... More likely would be we kind of revisit the world of the day we fought space and kind of come at it as a cross-platform game from the start so like another thing is you just got to if if we did do you know like a tablet PC port, you gotta then you gotta start thinking. Okay, well people are gonna want other inputs on there. So mm-hmm. how do right. we make yeah. sure our touch controls also translate to keyboard and translate to mouse? And you know we have some of this for like for accessibility purposes. We let you play with a stylus, and we've got our own special set of controls that work good for when you're only using one point of touch. Um, hmm. We do we do have gamepad support, not for the menus, just for the game. So it's not perfect like if you're casting to a TV, but it handles right. a bit like a twin stick shooter. So we thought these are hurdles that we could overcome, but just that starting from square one, it would be more likely that you see kind of a a half sequel, half plus edition if we did if we did it on other platforms. So
0: I think I have in the, the notes too that I think it would be cool if you could get it on like an old cartridge as well
3: that would be so fun i have a couple times been like you know it would be a fun mock-up is just do like 16-bit graphics of one show <laughs> yeah oh yeah the other platform that i was like oh i bet we could do something cool with this have you seen the playdate yes that yeah, like it's yeah. like a game boy but with a crank on the Apple. side oh yeah right. yeah yeah, 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 like, yeah okay yeah. i love the playdate <laughs> like it wouldn't be a port but we're no we're the shoot 'em up with weird controls. So mm. maybe we should do like a quick little side story on the play date, you know. Yeah. The day we date space. <laughs> <laughs>
0: i i feel like the playdate's also pretty open when it comes to creating games for it i think they're that's what i've heard that's what i've
2: heard yeah i think it's designed especially for people to build um games not games just, play that games, just but, use the right. crank yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> they really like that crank
3: yeah who else it's got more cranks than like all the top platforms combined
2: if you had to make a list of platforms with cranks they'd be number <laughs> one
0: <laughs> so obviously you guys have been playing uh the day we fought space it's probably a given when it comes to uh what you've been playing recently. Zach and I, we always talk about kind of like what we're currently playing since there's a lot of games out there. And they yeah. tend to, at least I, I, I tend to change games pretty pretty regularly. So what have you guys been playing uh, recently? What have you guys been up to? So
3: I am currently on my second attempt through getting through Celeste Farewell, that like ninth chapter oh. that they added. The first time I tried it, that was before I had beaten the seasides. It just, it was too challenging i couldn't get more than the first few checkpoints but i am like i think i gotta be at least three quarters of the way through it i'm like seven and a half hours in on that file into farewell and that's that i i picked that back up recently i'm also playing i just finished up a campaign of saints row the third because i saw the fun. trailer for the new one that's coming out and i'm like right you yeah. know i had a lot of fun with saints row 3 let's go back to that weirdness and then i picked up a game uh, also in mobile space um Punball, which is the people who made archero did a brick breaker that it's fun it does i once you get up to the level i'm at it gets to be a bit grindy so i'm like uh stuck with it about two three weeks now we'll see if that lasts another three weeks right or if i set it down but it's it's a fun take on brick breaker so
2: yeah I like I like Celeste. I picked that up with the itch.io mm. bundle mm. they did for Social Justice One. Okay, yeah. And then I bought another one. I think it also came in that one. Too. Yeah. So I think uh, I
3: have it in three separate
1: ones.
2: I have not gotten very far in it because I like my brother am bad at video games, but uh, it is it is I really like that game. That's very good.
1: Um, I have been still playing Breath of the Wild forever. Um, because I'm a completionist. So when I get a chance to pick out my switch. That's that's usually what I'm playing. I also on my phone. I've been playing a little cozy game called A Kinder World, which is all about growing plants, and um, it's just a kind of a delightful little game where it kind of lifts you up with positive messages and stuff. So it's kind of just a nice way to relax. And then on the opposite, I'm I'm also playing Civilization. So <laughs> kind of totally opposite <laughs> realm there.
2: That is not a kinder world. No. No.
1: <laughs> no. It is not. an unkind an
2: unkind <laughs> yes. world.
0: I think, I think everyone's currently playing some game of civilization that they <laughs> that they love. Yeah, true. I, I'm actually playing uh, uh Zelda Ocarina of Time on the Switch. Oh huh. I swear I've beaten it, but I don't I don't recall going through it completely. <laughs> I've just I know I've beaten <laughs> it in the past. So but I'm currently um, Fire Temple. So um Thank you guys for coming on to the show. Yeah. Appreciate Thank you so it. much for having, Thanks for having us.
3: Thanks for having us. Yeah, of course.
0: Over. So if they want to know more about additional projects that you guys are going to be working on, Um, where can they find you guys?
3: We live uh, at terciapsstudios.com that's S and S and then an S at the end of studios which a lot of people forget at Studios on Twitter um, we're pretty active on that Um, right now it's just you know daily screenshots from the day we fought space but as soon as we have any sort of prototypes we'll be sharing that development there Um, there's links to the discord that you can find from either of those places if all you want to do is get to the day we fought space as quickly as you can the day we fought space.com slash purchase will zip you over to the app store where you can get at three ninety dollars is premium so you just pay once we don't throw ads at you we're not gonna squeeze you for microtransactions it's very play at your own pace yeah
0: Perfect. We I had, like to hear that.
3: We had one fan at a convention said, like, it's an app, but it feels like a game. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> I have news for you, friend. <laughs> oh, and we have a TikTok that's also at Tersiops Studios.
1: Working working my way through TikTok now. Definitely an experience creating TikToks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you doing and well. And Instagram as well. Definitely join our Discord.
0: We will also include all of your links in the show notes for our fans. Uh, we are also available on the social medias. We are not on TikTok, and I don't think we ever will. I won't say never. I, w- I won't say never. because I'm the one hosting it. I do not well, understand TikTok. <laughs> well, l- listen, I, I'm, I'm, just, I'm not a Sith, so I don't deal in absolutes. <laughs> I deal in the gray areas. I'm a Sith. I deal
2: in absolutes. I will be off TikTok. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but we are on Twitch, Instagram, and Facebook, which are at Classic Gaming Brothers. And our Twitter is CG Brothers Pod. Uh, you can also check out our website with uh, classicgamingbrothers.com. And if you have any feedback or support and you wish to reach out to us or our developers that have come onto our show, you can send us an email at classicgamingbrothers at gmail.com and we will ferry on whatever feedback you have for them and possibly feedback for us. We'll just send it to them. Zach. Is everything good? Did I get everything right?
2: No. You forgot one thing, Seth. Don't play games like my brother.
0: And don't play games like my brother.
3: I don't have a brother, so definitely don't play games like my brother. Don't play games like me. I've been Seth. I've been Zach. I've been
2: Kathy. I'm Susan. We've been the Classic Gaming Brothers with Terciops Truncatus Studios. Thank God you took that.